Marketing Thoughts Podcast. Hi, this is Shane Vanderhart. Welcome back to another episode. For this podcast, we spoke with Mark Hancock. He's the CEO of Trail Life USA. Trail Life USA is a Christian adventure program with 30,000 members and 830 troops across 50 states. They are inviting families to participate in a first-ever National Backyard Campout on Friday, April 17th, in order to make memories with your family during this COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, before we get to that that discussion I had with Mark, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, something I, I, I saw on YouTube and I pulled the audio for. Uh, Governor Christy Nome of South Dakota. Uh, she's somebody I've known, you know, known of for a while. I haven't really, I don't really track South Dakota politics. Probably, I probably should since they're our northwest neighbor, um, being here in Iowa. Uh, but she has uh, said something. She said something on April first that I'm not hearing any uh, governor, any statement. I, I'm not hearing any governor make statements like this. And I wish I'd hear more language like this from governors. Here's a clip. It's about four minutes long. I wanted to touch on the role of government in a crisis situation. In this country and in our state, we have a government that is run by, for, and uh, of the people. And the people have established national and state constitutions that place specific limits on the role of government in our lives. Those limits uh, prevent us from taking draconian measures, much like the Chinese governor, government has done and what we have seen. There also is um, some limits that keep us from taking some of the actions we've seen European governments take that limit citizens' rights. Uh, our Constitution ensures the citizens' right is protected. I agree with the role of the government as set forth in our state and in our national constitution. I took an oath to uphold these constitutions. My role in respect to public safety is something that I take very seriously. Uh, the people themselves are primarily responsible for their safety. They are the ones that are entrusted with expansive freedoms. They're free to exercise their rights to work, to worship, and to play or to even stay home, or to conduct social distancing. Since the middle of February, I've been very clear that people need to take personal responsibility for their health and the well-being of their families. They should be practicing good hygiene. They should be washing their hands, practicing social distancing to make sure that we are stopping the spread of this virus in our state. Um, other than a select few, the work that the people of South Dakota have been doing has been tremendous and has been incredibly effective. We have been able to bend the curve a great deal. We have been able to make sure that we're keeping our hospital capacity at a manageable level, and we are continuing to push our peak day farther and farther out into the future. We have to remember that our objective here is not to stop the spread of this virus in the state of South Dakota. The science tells us that that is not possible. We cannot stop it. What we're trying to do is to slow the spread. We're trying to flatten the curve, and we're trying to make sure that our people and that our healthcare system are not overwhelmed. South Dakota is not New York City, and our sense of personal responsibility, our resiliency, and our already sparse population density put us in a great position to manage the spread of this virus without needing to resort to some of the measures that we've seen in some of these major cities, coastal cities, and in other countries. 
My team has put in some thoughtful, strategic, some guided measures by using science and facts and data to what is happening right here on the ground in South Dakota. The calls to apply for a one-size-fits-all approach to this problem in South Dakota is herd mentality. It's not leadership. My responsibility is to respect the rights of people and the people who elected me, to manage our state operations in a way that reflects the realities of what we have here on the ground in our state. On the foundation of my principles, common sense conservative values, and the principles that we hold dear in America, the facts, the science, and the data will guide our decision-making here in South Dakota. So I want to thank everybody for what they've been doing so far. We will get through this. It's incredibly important that we continue to take responsibility for our families, that we stay home. If we're not feeling well, we call our doctor. We practice social distancing. And we do what we can to make sure we're making good decisions for our communities and our families that live right here in South Dakota. And don't get focused on national news. Focus on what you see in your communities and what will really work to help slow down the spread of this virus and make sure we're making the best decisions for the people that live here. It's remarkable. I mean, I believe she's really trying to balance between individual rights, protecting individual rights, and, uh, you know, dealing with the public health crisis that COVID-19 situates. And, you know, I, I love when she says, you know, my responsibility is to respect the rights of people who elected me and to manage our state operations in a way that reflects the realities of what we have on the ground here on the foundation of my principles, common sense, conservative values, and the principles we hold dear in America, the facts, the science, and the data will guide our decision-making here in South Dakota. And then she also said that the calls to apply a one-size-fits-all approach to this problem in South Dakota is herd mentality, not leadership. And she is absolutely spot on there. Um, I wish more governors would realize that uh, here in Iowa, we don't need to apply uh, the same mitigation protocols that New York City uh, enacted. Uh, we South Dakota certainly doesn't. I think there's something to be said about states that have sparse uh, population density. Uh, you know, we're seeing this here in Iowa, too. We have outbreaks in Lynn County, you know, in, in Johnson County. Those are the two counties that have, I think, the worst uh, or the most number of cases, not necessarily the worst. But uh, there's also been cases, about 140, I believe, in Polk County. Uh, but in these rural counties, you're hardly seeing any. I mean, some counties only have one case. Some counties have none. So to think that you even need to have a one-size-fits-all approach um, across the entire state is, is you know, um, it, it's, it's nonsense. And while I take COVID-19 seriously, I, I would really – here's my frustration with COVID-19 – is that it seems like everybody, you can almost put everybody into one of two camps. One, I'm seeing a bunch of people say COVID-19 is a hoax, that it's not a big deal, that it might be even less serious than, than influenza, uh, that um, this is completely ridiculous, we should just go on as normal and let, her, you know, let us build up herd immunity. And... You know, I, I, I think that that 
is not necessarily the right approach to take because um, uh, I think it's 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 mainly coming from a point of view that's mainly concerned about the economy and not public health. But on the other hand, you got people are so fearful and so afraid and so concerned about the public health implications of this that uh, any other concern, you know, forget it. Uh, let's just lock it all down. And and we're still having people here in Iowa calling on Governor Reynolds to lock it all down and uh, for us to have a shelter in place order when we don't need that. I mean, looking at the stats and we're in a we this is this week it's the stats you know we're seeing every day have you know 95 cases or more just today there was 125 new cases we have 29 deaths we have over 1200 cases in the state but i'm looking in eastern iowa where we have the biggest outbreaks and there's still plenty of beds available there are still plenty of ventilators available there's still plenty of icu beds available so you know, and the point is, you know, what we're trying to do is not to s- stop it, as Governor Nome pointed out. It's it's because we can't. It's that's impossible. We're not going to completely stop it. It's already out. Um, when you get to a pandemic level, containment is not necessarily an option. You got to hope. Your hope, your best hope, is to not overwhelm your healthcare system. And I, you know, obviously, who knows what will happen next week? But right now, it's looking like this week. You know, we're we're in pretty good shape. I think. Now, Governor Reynolds mentioned that there's, you know, we're uh, constantly running out of PPE. I mean, that's going to be a continual problem. Uh, so, if you have the ability to make face masks, you know, do that for your, for healthcare workers and for long-term care facility workers. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, very uh, uh, proud of the businesses in Iowa that are are uh, shifting and and making PPE for our healthcare providers. Uh, so you know, if you can, if you could do that, if you have that ability to sew, that's not me. That's not how I can help. But if some of you can, you know, sew face masks, great, because those work behind face shields. Um, so anyway, I didn't mean to get off on a tangent, but one of my biggest problems, and I, I, I ding Governor Reynolds over this a uh, couple weeks ago. There seemed to be a tendency that you know. Okay, we're getting to the point where we got community spread. Suddenly, bam, closing everything down. Bam, no worship services. Now, I think that we need to take it seriously. I think we need to do social distancing. I think we need to be mindful of those who are around us. I think we need to uh, definitely, and this is goes without saying, even without a pandemic, if you're sick, stay home. Don't go around people. You know, why spread it around? Wash your hands, things like that. Uh, we need to take these things seriously. And my problem when she, she issued those orders is that Iowans were starting to take that seriously. Lots of churches were canceling services and going online. I'm not sure some of these orders were needed. And I know they're seeing that in South Dakota as well. Um, now, she's issued since April 1st some some orders, like I think the most restrictive, she actually did a shelter-in-place order for people who are at risk, Not the and only in two counties. Um, uh, I'm not sure. Lincoln County is one. I'm not sure what that encompasses. Then uh, the county that Sioux Falls is in, which is their largest city, she uh, ordered those who are at risk, those who are 61 or older, have underlying health conditions, to stay at home. That makes a lot more sense than telling everybody stay home. So 
you know, I, I think I wish, and I think this is something that we're going to have to, and I don't know, I don't have all the answers here. Um, I'm just a guy who doesn't have an MD. Uh, I'm just looking at this, but we, uh, when we're looking at, at, at public policy, you can't just have the public health people weigh in. You need to be concerned about, about, you know, the economy. You also need to be concerned about inalienable rights uh, because, Government doesn't grant those. Government's supposed to protect those. Now, I understand that, that governors have wide emergency powers, uh, but I think they need to be using that responsibly. And I think I think Governor Christie Nome has, and I think Governor Reynolds is getting better. Um, I think she's starting to be sensitive to that, and that's why we haven't had a shelter-in-place order. Uh but I don't see that widespread with governors across the United States, and, and I think that's sad. So uh, without further ado, uh, shifting gears again, here's my conversation uh, with, with uh, Mark Hancock of Trail Life USA. Mark, welcome to the Caffeinated Thoughts podcast. Thanks, Shane. It's great to be here. So... Tell us a little bit. You've been on our podcast once before, but it's been a while. So refresh our uh, our listeners' memories. Uh, what What is Trail Life USA? Well, I love that question because it's, it's something that's really close and near to dear to my heart. Uh, Trail Life USA is a character leadership and adventure organization for boys from kindergarten through 12th grade. We are specifically Christ-centered and also boy-focused. We believe that boys and girls are different in the programs that are aimed at them. The program is what you would expect from an outdoor program. We have troops that are organized in over 850 churches in all 50 states, about 30,000 members um, going out and doing things like camping and hiking. And uh, of course, we have uniforms and handbooks and a robust awards program and uh, troops and patrols and, and great opportunities for boys to grow in character and, and leadership uh, utilizing the outdoors. Okay, so... Uh, how long have you guys been around? We've been around about six years. We started okay. right after it was apparent that the Boy Scouts were heading in a direction that that wasn't uh, uh, wasn't going to be accessible to a lot of a lot of churches. And uh, of course, since then they've even gone farther astray in our minds. And so uh, we've grown really quickly because we know that there are families that that value the, the, the legacy of the Boy Scouts and the, and the great emphasis on, on character and leadership and on, on, on specifically boy-related programs. And they're finding Trail Life USA and, and loving it. Yeah, and, and right now we, we find ourselves in a, uh, a very odd period of time, um, unprecedented. I've never experienced anything like this. I, what, what state are you, are, you call, um, are, we, are you talking to me from? I'm I'm in South Carolina. Our headquarters oh. is just south of Greenville, South Carolina. Okay, so uh, I think like Iowa, you guys don't have a shelter-in-place order statewide, right? Or do you? Um, it seems to get a little bit more restricted. Yesterday, uh, it's not shelter-in-place, but yesterday they did. They, they are starting to clamp down and call call more more and more things uh, non-essential. But uh, okay. I, I think I think as of today, we're still allowed to get out and go about. Okay. Uh, well, here it's like uh, we're fun- not technically a, a, a shelter-in-place um, uh, order, but functionally pretty pretty similar. But anyway, kids are out of school. Kids are getting wound up. Kids are 
<laughs> parents are like at a loss of finding things to do. And in the midst of this, you have this idea. Now, I don't know if this is something you guys were planning before COVID-19 or, or was it something that kind of started, the idea came spontaneously? Yeah, I, I don't know if it came spontaneously. It grew uh, out of a seed. You know, our troops are really resourceful people, as you would expect from, from people who enjoy the outdoors and, and coming up with solutions and, and, and aren't, aren't quitters. Um, but uh, when, when they're unable to meet as troops, our troops started meeting online through different uh, online platforms that, of course, we're all becoming familiar with now. And so they would hold these troop meetings online, and I would get invited to a bunch of them, which was really cool because even though this is a difficult time, it's neat to be able to visit visit with troops, something I wouldn't have been able to do before. And then uh, somebody hatched the idea, listen, if we can get together, if our troop can meet this way, why can't our troop camp this way? And troops started camping outside virtually in their, in their backyards and joining together. And then the idea arose from the field when our volunteers said, hey, why don't all troops gather? And then it went a step further. We said, why don't we invite everybody? And so on April 17th, we're holding the National Backyard Campout. We've invited all of America to join us in our own backyards. Uh, we have a website dedicated to it, trailoffusa.com slash backyardcampout, and okay. also um, backyardcampout.fun is another place that your, your listeners can go to. And all kinds of information. There's a map there uh, that we just launched, and uh, people can register saying they're going to be camping in the background that night. And that the map, by the minute, is just being flooded with pins all across the country as families are saying, you know what? We're going to find some purpose in this difficulty, and we're going to create memories out of this difficult time. And so families are choosing to camp outdoors. Again, they don't have to be associated with trail life. Um, right. Our trail men are going to do it. We have 30,000 of them uh, coast to coast, uh, but we're invited everyone to join us out there. And on, on that website, you'll find tips for how to set up your campsite, the equipment that you need. We have prizes and giveaways. Um, the night of, we'll have a, a broadcast uh, that will go all across the country visiting different uh, backyards and people who are, are sharing what it is that they're doing. Uh, families will have the opportunity to post pictures and videos uh, to the website of, of their own campsite. So this is something that's really grown, and it's grown way beyond trail life. And I think it's because people have a hunger uh, to look forward to something, you know, and to create memories that are different uh, than maybe they would be. Right. So, yeah, it, you know, instead of have, letting your kids – you know, binge watch Netflix or Disney plus or, uh, mm -hmm. some other, you know, on, on a Friday night, go out and yeah. go spend some time in the great outdoors right outside your back door. So, um, that, that I, I, I think that's, you know, that's, that's an interesting kid. My, my fa my son and I, we've camped in our backyard before he's now, uh, he's grown, but, um, it's it's pretty easy to do. It doesn't take a ton of equipment. And I think if people are wondering where in COVID-19 can I get camping equipment still, I know in Iowa, you know, obviously Walmart sells it and they're still open. There's still a number of stores where you, where uh, families can go and get a tent if they don't have a tent or uh, things like that. But it's so, yeah, I mean, what what's your experience? Have you? I, I'm assuming you've done this with your family. What's your experience been like? Yeah, well, I've got two sons, and it's great to have them home right now. They're 20 and 18, and because uh, my oldest is in college, and, and they're, they've transferred to online for their classes, so it's nice having him home. And then my younger son uh, travels as part of an internship around around the country, and so he's he's homebound now too, so it's great having them home. And and we'll, we'll be camping out that night in, in our backyard, looking forward to it. We've, we've done a lot of camping together. Um, but, but Shane, it's just really a real opportunity. You know, our, our memories as adults are likely to be of, you know, layoffs and, and shortages and fear of, of the right. unknown. 
what if we make for our kids a time that they remember, hey, I remember that time. That's when we camped in the backyard. You know, uh, that's when we made s'mores over, over the fire, over open, open fire in the, in the backyard. What, what if that becomes a, the memories that our kids have? That's just great parenting there. And yeah. it's, it's a great opportunity for families to bond in a different way. And right. we're hearing stories like that. And, and on, the, on that website, there's all kinds of advice on what parents can do at home at this time when they have a kid at home from doing a, a backyard archaeology uh, dig to um, uh, building furniture forts. If you don't have the equipment, you can camp inside, just build a furniture fort in the, in the living room with blankets. Right. Um, but we also have a supplier, a supplier on that website who, who uh, is discounting their equipment, can ship it right to your house. So oh, cool. there's all kinds of opportunities for, for families to get involved. We want to encourage them to find new ways to connect and find purpose in this difficulty. And that's just the way of a trailman. That's the way of trail life is we find purpose in difficulty. And we want, we want to see the rest of the country join us. Right. Well, I think one of the silver linings with this whole thing with COVID-19 is, is families you know, spending more time together uh, because whether you're in a state mm-hmm. where you 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 you're literally told you have to stay home, but a lot of people you know have jobs where they're forced to work from home, um, and, and yeah, I, this is so I, families should be intentional and say, hey, this let's make the best out of this, and and I really like this idea of mm-hmm. of, of making memories. And uh, what's what's your favorite memory camping with your kids? Well, we would spend uh, uh, a week away each summer at a, at a summer camp, and I just had a great time uh, with with my sons. Um, and and because the difference in age is about 26 months be, between them, and so I would have two years of the older one before the younger one would join us in a particular thing, and then I would have two years of the younger one after the old, older one had moved along. So those one-on-one times uh, camping were really uh, powerful times and times and, you know, build, building our relationship and making us close. And, and, and you're absolutely right. When you can, when you can uh, create those sorts of things, or um, even in a time like this, you, you gotta be creative. You know, you, you have to figure, get to figure something else or else, or else you're just sitting around watching the news all day. So, right. so, um, you know, those kind of things where we're, we're, we're being thoughtful about the time that we're spending together. I heard a family say the other day that, uh, uh, you know, then normally they had soccer practice and dance class and, and all kinds of other things to go to. And they sat around the table for 45 minutes after they finished eating, just laughing and sharing and telling stories. And they could not remember the last time they had done that. Well, that's tragic. I mean, some yeah. of the most powerful, you ask my memories, some of the most powerful, wonderful times is around that dinner table. What if families discover again, the dinner table or a simple backyard camp out experience and come out of this thing with a relation with a, a stronger relationship, bonding in ways that they never bonded before. I'm just excited about the potential for this event. Yeah, yeah, me too. I, I'm um, that sounds great. I mean, my my dad and I we didn't camp a lot, but I remember <laughs> I, I I was in Boy Scouts, and I remember him taking uh, my brother and I and a friend down to Camp Wapolo in in southern Iowa. And gosh, I think hmm. I was like eight, nine years old. And, and I remember that we made the mistake of put having food inside our tent. Now, obviously, Iowa, we don't have to worry about big predators. But we had a raccoon come into our tent. <laughs> so, wow. um, that, yeah, that yeah, was that was yeah, that was that was interesting. And, and uh, <laughs> my dad came in and quickly threw the, the food down, down the hill away from the tent. <laughs> so, 
It's like, whoops. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, to this day, I still remember that. So it, it, the, you know, thank you for, for, that's uh, a great memory. Yeah. Thank you for, you know, putting this together and, and, um, I'm excited about its potential. Uh, just some closing thoughts, just, uh, anything else you'd like to share with our, our uh, listeners about this event or about, about trail life USA? Yeah, well, I would love to, to see uh, people just spending some time to get quiet and think about ways that you can find purpose in this difficulty. It's so, it's so important that we, that, we, that we lift our eyes, that we get quiet and say, okay, you know, what's really going on here? How can I come out of this rather than uh, through stress and, and all these other difficult things? What if there's something that's really amazing that comes out of this? And that's just the heart of a trailman. And that's the heart of Trail Life USA is to take is to find purpose and difficulty. That's why we take boys out camping. That's why if the weather's bad, we go anyway. Because there's a lot of times that, that you know, you may say, you know, the weather's bad, I'm gonna stay home. But you know what? If you look hard enough, you'll find purpose in that difficulty. You'll grow through that thing. And sometimes the best memories are those times when you're out there in a storm. And right now we're in a storm across the whole country, you know. A, a, and and it's it's time for us to say, okay, where's the purpose in this? Where's the growth? Uh, how are we going to come out of this better uh, than we went into it? And I think there's a ton of opportunity. And just one of those opportunities is the National Backyard Campout. Backyardcampout.fun and also trailoffusa.com forward slash backyard campout. Right now, Shane, we've got on the website uh, trailoffusa.com uh, two free downloads of books. One is um, Let Boys Be Boys. And the other is five critical needs of boys. And so if you've got boys at home or if you're leaders of, of, a boy, of boys as a, as a teacher or a Sunday school teacher or a youth group or anywhere you're working with boys, love for you to download that free, uh, those, those free resources, the quick reads, just real good practical pointers on how to work with boys because boys and girls are different and we need to, we need to remember that. Yeah, thank you so much. All right. Hey, everybody, look uh, look you, forward sir. to that, and I hope to see our, our you know listeners will participate in this uh, National Backyard uh, Campout on Friday, April 7th. And that concludes today's episode of the Caffeinated Thoughts Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you happen to be listening to this podcast somewhere other than our website, please make sure to listen to to, excuse me, to check out caffeinatedthoughts.com. That's caffeinatedthoughts.com, or you can search Caffeinated Thoughts, and it'll show up at the top of your search screen. Also, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, sign up for emails. That way you don't miss a single update. Also, you can follow us um, on and subscribe to us using your favorite podcast app, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean. Um, if we're on, if you l- use a podcast app that work, our podcast is not currently on, please uh, drop me a line at Shane at caffeinatedthoughts.com. And I would love to see if I can make that happen. So again, that's Shane at caffeinatedthoughts.com. Um, as always, especially if you're on, on Apple podcasts, you know, give us a five-star rating. If you like what you hear, if you don't like what you hear, forget that I said anything. So take care, everybody. Um, have you know? Have a great weekend. It's Thursday, but weekend's going to be around the corner. Have a blessed Easter uh, as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we do that every Sunday as well. I know uh, it, it stinks to not be able to be uh, together um, 
to be able to do that. But God can work through technology and we'll be together soon again. So take care, everybody. Stay safe. Practice social distancing and wash your hands. Take care. Bye.